Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Guardians 4, the St. Louis Cardinals 3. The Guardians win another one-run game. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And uh, you know, Someone on Twitter asked me, hey Davey, I hope you got to watch this one. What, what an amazing ending. And I was in and out of the game. I was in and out. I, w- I watched a lot of the beginning, kind of fell off in the middle of the game, had to do some things. And then, you know, I saw we were in the bottom of the ninth. It was a one-run game, and I threw it on my phone. I was like, I, I got to watch this. I, I got to see how this thing ends. And they were right. An amazing ending to a game. And, man, the Cardinals the Cardinals really set us up nicely in a position there to uh, to win this thing, didn't they? Uh, after uh, Andres Jimenez in the bottom of the ninth inning facing Ryan Helsley, Andres Jimenez would ground out uh, sharply, you know, 105.7 mile per hour ground out uh, to start the inning. Miles Straw would come up and he'd miss with four straight fastballs in the same location, up and into Miles Straw. Uh, 99, 98, 100 mile per hour fastballs, but he couldn't, I mean, they were literally all up and in on him. Uh, probably not a very comfortable at bat for Miles Straw there. Steven Kwan then comes up. You know he's patient. He tries a slider on him. You know, uh, can't find the slider. Can't find that fastball still. Ends up walking him with a slider in the dirt. So on eight straight pitches, he has really set the Guardians up well. And it brings up uh, Ahmed Rosario. Uh, Rosario uh, takes a called strike, so he proved that he could throw a strike. Now these fastballs are up at 100 miles per hour and uh, swings through the next one and then uh, flies out uh, on the third fastball. All of them were up and in. Would they have been strikes? I don't know. They're they're pretty close to the edge of the plate, but Armin Rosario probably helps Helsley out there. And it brings up Jose Ramirez with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, runners on first and second. And... uh, I love the quote from Xavion Curry. He's like, we we were all holding our breath in the dugout because there's a chance that, you know, yeah, they could have walked him. I mean, it'd be insane to walk the bases loaded in the ninth inning, put that tying run on third base. He had so many things that can happen on third base that it, if they happen when a runner's on second base don't necessarily lead to a run, but if they happen with a runner on third base, yeah, you're tying up the game. So, it would have been insane, but it was also kind of insane to pitch to him because this dude, uh, as we all know, is the man. And uh, I'm I'm gonna the other the other thing from my friend on Twitter, uh, he uh, he challenged me to do a deep dive on uh, Jose Ramirez, and uh, you know I'm gonna do a little bit of a deep dive. It's it's an interesting question because there's so many different angles uh, that you could go with it, right? Uh, shout out to Jeffrey uh, on Twitter. Uh, there's so many different angles you can go with a Jose Ramirez deep dive. Are, are you talking this season? Are you talking his career? Are you talking in clutch moments? Like, there's so many different angles you could take on that. So we're gonna do a little bit. We're gonna look at his splits this year and just just really get a good picture of how Jose Ramirez is doing. But what's most important is this at bat. So. Uh, Again, he's been trying to throw fastballs by everybody. Uh, Jose Ramirez comes up. You know he's a fastball hunter. 
The first pitch is a fastball down below the knees, lays off at 102.5 mile per hour fastball. Comes back fastball again. Remember, he had been missing everything. I th- believe, I believe, based on the location of those pitches, uh, I can't remember here. I'm going to double check. I believe Helsley is a right handed pitcher. So remember, he had been missing to that arm side the whole time, right? Up and in to Straw, uh, away to Stephen Kwan. Yes, he is a right-handed pitcher, confirmed. And uh, he finally gets him over the plate here to Ramirez. The first one, middle of the plate, but below the knees. The next one, middle, middle, maybe just below the belt at 100.3 miles per hour. And Ramirez jumps on it on 97.6 mile per hour exit velocity, 16-degree launch angle, right up the alley in right center field. Newt Bar is able to cut it off, but we've actually seen this from Quan. I feel like we've seen it a lot recently. That dude knows how to score from first. I mean, he is on his horse. Crack of the bat, he is flying around those bases. And uh, the Guardians walk it off on a two-RBI double by Jose Ramirez. The party is on in the middle of the field. They're dumping bubblegum buckets on him. Uh, The great picture that they tweeted out of him wearing his bubblegum crown uh, bucket crown, uh, walking along mile straw there. Uh, yeah, Jose Ramirez does it again for the Cleveland Guardians. And now, Friday night, we talked about how, I, I don't know if that's the kind of win that sparks, you know, a turnaround, a mid-season, a summer turnaround for a team. This, this your star player delivering in the ninth inning, you're celebrating a walk-off on the field, this is the type of thing that could swing the momentum of a season. This, this, a party like this, you know, the feeling in that clubhouse right now, that's the type of thing they could hold on to and ride into the summer and, and turn this thing around. So, uh, absolutely amazing job by Jose Ramirez here. Uh, looking at the pitches, uh, Overall, on the day, going to the Illustrator and looking at the pitches Jose Ramirez got on the day, it's interesting because they were pitching to the edges all day, but there's four pitches that are right down the pipe. Three fastballs and one changeup right down the pipe. Uh, In the first inning, the very first pitch he sees, the very first pitch Jose Ramirez sees is a fastball down the middle that he, he... Took He took the first pitch he saw uh, from Montgomery. Uh, the next pitch that he gets right down the middle was in the fifth inning. Uh, I believe he lined out uh, on this one in the fifth inning. He didn't mess around again. If a pitch came down the middle, he was swinging at it. In the eighth inning, uh, off of Verhagen, the, uh, the hit he got in the eighth inning was on a changeup right down the middle. And then finally, this fastball in the ninth inning that he jumps on for the, the walk-off win. So four pitches in the entire game actually were basically in the strike zone for Jose Ramirez. Everything else is off the plate, maybe to the edges of the plate, but everything, nothing else is like on the plate. Four pitches on the plate, and uh, aside from that first pitch of the game, he jumped on those other ones and hit them pretty hard. Uh, the, uh, the lineout was only at a 94 exit velocity. The single was at 93 and, uh, the, uh, the walk-off double was at 97.6. So, uh, yeah, 
Uh, Ramirez, man, if you come into the middle of the plate, he is ready for you. All right, so that's the big walk-off. I'm going to, don't be mad at me, but we're going we're gonna to step down from that level of positivity here as we talk about the rest of the game. Because, again, it, it was too, this whole series has kind of been two struggling teams going to battle against each other. There's kind of weird things that happened throughout this entire game. Uh, especially on the St. Louis side. And yeah, it's it's two, I'm going to say it bad, you know, bad teams right now. Right now, caveat is right now, but for the month of May, they've not been the best teams. And when that happens, you get into weird situations. You stay in one-run games. And uh, yeah, you get a chance for moments like the walk-off in the ninth inning because... You know, your pitching staff keeps it close. Neither offense can really blow this game open. I mean, the Guardians had 11 hits and only four runs. And, you know, they come at the very end of the game. Uh, They do go three for 13 with runners in scoring position, which, hey, to put a crooked number up with runners in scoring position at at this point, I'll take. Still, three for 13 means a lot of opportunities out there throughout the game. Uh. But on the St. Louis side of things, you know, they're quiet until the fifth inning where they hit three solo home runs in the fifth inning. When is the last time you saw an inning like that? You know, I'm, I, uh, that's the point of the game where I had to check out for a little bit and I pull up the box score really quick to check the score and I'm seeing, oh, we're down 3-2. Oh man, that sucks. What happened? Did Gaddis give up a three-run home run? No, he gives up three solo home runs just weird and then Xavion Curry comes in in relief Eli Morgan comes in first does a pretty good job for an inning and a third and then Xavion Curry comes in and gives you three innings of shutout relief baseball at the end of the game saves the bullpen meanwhile on 28 pitches this dude is hard hit one two three four five six seven times on only 28 pitches and somehow walks away with it without giving up a run, without giving up a home run. I, it's it's insanity. that Days like that should not happen. That's the point of the expected batting averages and the bat bip and all those things are to tell you, if you keep hammering a guy like that and smacking 100-plus mile-per-hour exit velocity pitches off him, you should have success, but it doesn't happen. Curry walks away. Walks away unscathed from all of it and deli- sets the Guardians up and gets the win. Gets the W uh, next to his name. His first, I believe, his first win of the season. Yeah, his first decision of the season because he's, he's, you know, he's coming in mop up roles and, you know, long relief and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, crazy. No strikeouts, no walks from Curry. They just hammered the ball around the ballpark. And literally, it's that thing of like, you know, that old adage you would tell. Uh, a little league player who who's you know maybe thrown a bunch of wow you know bunch of walks can't find the strike zone. The, the advice you as a coach you walk out there and you tell that little leaguer just let them put it in play. Let your defense be defense behind you. Put let them put it in play. Just get it over the plate. And uh, <laughs> Curry you know survives by that adage today. He let them put it in play. And uh, no matter how hard they were hitting it, his defense 
had his back. So, I mean, that is the one thing the Guardians can hang their hat on. They are still a great defensive team. And, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, they still have a bullpen. They, they still have the pitching. We'll say that. Um, so, let's get into the details of some of these things. Uh, okay, so Gaddis and the three home runs. So, up until that point, Gaddis has been pitching pretty good. Um, you know, shuts him down one, two, three in the first. Gets a double play there. Uh, does give up a leadoff double to Arenado, but then uh, shuts him down one, two, three after that. Mixing in a few strikeouts there. Man, leadoff hitters in the first three innings uh, all get on. He hits Tommy Edmond and then shuts him down one, two, three, a strikeout and two popouts. Uh, so he's he's kind of doing that Shane Bieber thing where you let a guy on and then you just go to work uh, with a runner on base. Uh, in the fourth inning, it would be a two-out walk, so he can't have a clean inning. He just can't do it uh, before DeYoung flies out. Now that brings us to the fifth inning. So I want to go back to uh, the matchups and the last time he'd face these guys. So the three guys that end up hitting home runs off him are Burlinson, Neiser, Andrew Neiser, and uh, they turn the lineup over for Paul Goldschmidt. Uh to hit a home run off him. So what did those guys do? How did he pitch them the the, the time before they were up? Right? That's kind of what I'm curious on here. So uh, before that, he um, he had ended an inning with Berlinson. And he kept everything down. He kept everything down and in. Um but he kept it kind of around the knees and eventually gets him to ground out on a changeup. Doesn't throw him a fastball in this at bat. It's a slider down at the knees. It's a changeup at the bottom of the zone for a called strike. It's a cutter in off the plate. And then finally goes back to the changeup again at the bottom of the zone and gets him to ground out. So for Burlinson, he's staying down and doesn't throw him a fastball. Throws him off-speed stuff. Uh, for uh, Neiser, when he's up the next inning, uh, sliders away. Swinging strike on a slider away, way off the plate. A slider in the dirt that he lays off. Comes up and in with a changeup that he follows off. And then goes back to the slider, down and away. And he swings through it to strike out. Doesn't give him anything on the plate. Sliders away, sliders away. One changeup inside and then sliders away. And then Goldschmidt, uh, it's hard, you know. He threw him a fastball up and away. And he swung on the first pitch and popped it out with it. But clearly, plan of attack was to go away against Goldschmidt there, too. All right, now the next time those guys are up, you'll see it's a little bit of a different story here. Again, Burlinson, remember, he didn't throw him a fastball. He was throwing off-speed stuff down and in. This pit at bat, it's two fastballs. He misses away to the arm side with a fastball down low. Then I believe I believe uh, Zanina was set up away again, but he pulls a fastball across the strike zone, Comes up and in at the belt, and Burlinson turns on it. 105.3 mile per hour exit velocity, 361 down into right field for a home run. So, last at bat, no fastballs. This at bat, they call two fastballs. He gives him one up, you know, up that he can hit. You know, he was staying down at the knees and below in his last at bat. He gives him one up, and he drives it, and he pays for it. So, why the decision would have switched to fastballs? That'd be the question I asked. You just got the guy out on uh, changeups and sliders. Why switch to fastballs against him? 
you know, uh, these are the interesting questions we don't get answered sometimes. All right, uh, the next batter up was Tommy Edmond. Edmond would fly out to right field to Arias. Uh, he'd hit one hard, but uh, it would be a fly out to Arias in right field. Nizer's now up. Remember, last time it was sliders away, right? Just pounding sliders away off the plate, and he chased, and he struck out. Well, he starts him off with a cutter on the plate that he fouls off. Throws him a slider away. He lays off this time. Goes back to the slider. Again, I don't know where Zanino was set up for this one, but this slider spins right into the middle of the plate. So before where he had got him to lean out over the plate where he was chasing sliders away, this time he sends him one pretty much middle-middle, and he jumps on it 103.1 miles per hour. This one over to left field, 379 for a home run to take the lead for the St. Louis Cardinals. So the plan was sliders away. He misses middle of the plate with a slider, and yeah, that's what that's what they call a spinner. You know, you spin it right into the middle of the plate. You're probably going to pay for it. Newt Bar was up next. He uh, gets him to ground out to Tyler Freeman, reaches up for a changeup away, and uh, that's always a bad, bad plan. If you're trying to pull changeups away, you're probably going to hit into a lot of ground outs. You're going to roll over the ball. Uh, that's the kind of pitch that Stephen Kwan would shoot in the le- in the left field. That's the kind of pitch a good lefty shoots the other way. And then Goldschmidt comes up, and again, all we saw was a fastball away. Right, that's all. That's all we saw. In fact, the first pitch is also a fastball. It's up a little bit away. I think they were going for the same location. It catches much more of the plate, but he lays off it for a called strike. Lays off a changeup uh, down in a way, and then he comes inside on Goldschmidt. Throws him a changeup, middle of the plate, inside edge, and he spins on it. 103 miles per hour, 413 feet out to left center field. He mashes this one. Uh, So the plan was to stay away. You miss inside. You catch too much of the plate. And Goldschmidt makes you pay. So you can see the difference in the previous at-bats to this at-bats. You know, these home run at-bats. Kind of what went wrong for Hunter Gaddis in this fifth inning. So they get their big uh, home runs. So then the other weird thing we said in this game was uh, was Xavier Curry, you know, pitching the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, and he is. He's getting hammered. Everything is getting hit hard. Nizer flies out in the the first batter he faces. It was a ninety three point seven mile per hour exit velocity. Like it only had an expected batting average of zero two zero. So not. You know, still, still okay. We're at a ninety-plus mile per hour exit velocity, not considered a hard hit ball, but still, you know, hit decently hard. Newt Barley would fly out at ninety-eight point three. That had a four seventy expected batting average. Goldschmidt uh, doubles. Then this one only had an expected batting average of zero seven zero, but it goes for a double uh, in the seventh inning here. And then finally, Gorman grounds out at 98 miles per hour. That one had a 480 expected batting average, but Jimenez snags it. Uh, then in the eighth inning, uh, Arenado leads things off with a 108.7 mile per hour single. My God. Uh, into left field. Donovan would fly out. This is like the lightest ball uh, that uh, he would give up all day at 86 miles per hour. Uh, but then Paul DeYoung flies out at 100.7 miles per hour. That had a 610 expected batting average. And then Burlinson would line out at 98. So again, they're just they're just hammering him so hard, but they're just not getting it. I mean, DeYoung's had a 610 expected batting average. 
But uh, Gabriel Arias is there and snags it. Then in the ninth inning, it continues. Edmund lines out at 102.6. This had a 580 expected batting average uh, to Stephen Kwan in left field. Neiser lines out at 107.5 miles per hour with an 830 expected batting average. But Kwan is there and gets it. And then finally, Newt Bard grounds out at 90.5. Neiser's had an 830 expected batting average. I mean, talk about being lucky. Xavier Curry, again, getting hammered at 100 plus miles per hour and somehow getting out of it every time. Having an outfielder in the right spot every single time. So uh, it, it really is an interesting pitching performance from Xavier Curry. I, Francona actually said something about it in the post game. He's like, he was getting, I think those guys were hitting the ball pretty hard, but hey, he got, he got out of it every time he got outs. He was making outs. So we just left him in the game. That's an interesting approach uh, from Francona. I mean, he's down three to two the whole time. So as long as the lead's not getting worse, saving his bullpen, uh, in this one and it pays off, right? Uh, Francona finally, uh, gets a bullpen decision that pays off in his favor. It, it feels like a lot of bullpen decisions for the month of May have gone against uh, Francona. Uh, but this series, he he survives a lot of moments, right? S- survives Karinchek walking the bases loaded. Uh, so, yeah, it is interesting, uh, the decisions he's making with the bullpen right now. And, hey, Curry, Curry hangs on. He hangs on. So, on the other side of the ball, the Guardians, again, had their opportunities. I, they put together some nice little rallies. Uh, to score runs in the first and the fifth. I mean, three singles in the uh, in the first inning. Josh Bell gets the bloop RBI single, a 75-mile-per-hour exit velocity, 35-degree launch angle, and only had a 160 expected batting average. Does the fact that Donovan slips in right field have anything to do with this ball dropping? It looked like it was going to be more of Newt Barr's ball anyways. Uh, but it falls into no man's land in right field. And uh, after back-to-back singles to kick off the game, Quan's able to come in and score. Uh, Ramirez had hit into a four sound, moved him to third. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a good job there. It's, it's, I, this is insanity. This is insanity of the game, right? This is the craziness of Major League Baseball, of the game of baseball in general. Josh Bell with an RBI single at 75.1 mile per hour exit velocity at a 35-degree launch angle, and it falls into no man's land, right? Now you got two runners on. Uh, there's uh, only one out. Gabriel Arias is up, and he hits one at 103.4 mile-per-hour exit velocity, 26-degree launch angle, back to the wall in right field. It had an 830 expected batting average, but Donovan is able to run back and catch it up against the wall. So, I mean, Bell with a bloop in the right, and he ends up with an RBI hit. Arias smashes one to the wall in right field and uh, has nothing to show for it. So, uh, yeah, that's that's Major League Baseball, man. It is a brutal, brutal game that uh, sometimes it is. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Arias was the center field. That's right. Newt Barr was the one who went back to the wall. That's right. It was to center field. It's it's a it's a game that sometimes it is better to be lucky than good. Sometimes it is, and that's the first inning proves that out right there. Uh, so you feel for Arias there, who made some really good contact. 
then they have a nice little rally. Uh, it's nice that they answered back in the fifth inning, right? Uh, you know, so many times, uh, so many times when they the other team scores, to be able to answer back, even if it's just one run, just it keeps you in the game, right? It keeps that. I would have been real demoralizing to give up three solo home runs and then come out and put a zero up on the board offensively. So to get another run back and keep your team in the game, I'm sure it kept the fans in the game. You know, it kept everybody up. Zanino with the leadoff single uh, after Fry strikes out and Straw strikes out. Quan delivers a double that drives Zanino in to score. Uh, so it's a great job by Quan. I believe. I believe, let me double check on this. I believe it was a pass ball or a wild pitch. Yeah, a wild pitch by Montgomery that allowed Zanino to move up to second. So, again, they, they helped us out. St. Louis pitching helped us out all day. Uh, so, they allowed Zanino to move up into scoring position. And Quan delivers that double down into the left field corner. Again, a high pitch that he just rides the other way. Beautiful swing by Stephen Quan. Uh, and so, we get a run back there in the fifth inning. We had our chances late in this game. We absolutely did. Bell with a leadoff double in the sixth, and we can't get him in. Uh, you know, Naylor comes in to pinch hit at this point and uh, pops out, you know, with that runner in scoring position. Uh, and then uh, in the eighth inning, right, huge opportunity. Jose Ramirez with a leadoff single. Arias with a double. They intentionally walk Naylor, so we load the bases, and he pinch hits Will Brennan for Mike Zanino. And Brennan grounds back to the pitcher and grounds into a double play. You could tell he was very angry with himself as he's standing there at first base. But none of that matters because in the ninth inning, they're able to do it. They are able to get the walk-off win. They are. Jose Ramirez is able to deliver that big hit. So, you know, we get to party at Progressive Field. Now, uh, it's not to say that the last 20 minutes or so that I've been talking was completely worthless. You know, a lot of people are going to read this headline and be like, ooh, are the Guardians back? Walk off a win at Progressive Field. Is the magic back? Us real ones, no. The one, you know, us, us, you morning people, you morning people that pay attention to the details like I do, know that it was a wild journey to get to that point. So, yes, the headline and all the quotes after the game are about how amazing Jose Ramirez is, but we know the journey to get there was Kind of a wild, interesting ride. And anytime you're in a one-run game and a walk-off, some weird stuff happened to lead up to that moment. So, uh, still, uh, you know, we all have to be happy uh, with a walk-off. Uh, it, it is a lot of fun. So, Jose Ramirez, I told you we were going to do a little bit of a deep dive on him. Uh, let's just look at his splits from this season. There are some dramatic things in these splits. First off, against right-handed pitching, so as a right-handed batter, uh, he is doing, or sorry, as a left-handed batter against right-handed pitching, he is having a significantly better season uh, than from the uh, right side of the plate versus left-handed pitching. Uh, so against right-handed pitching, he's hitting 328 with a 408 on base, a 520 slugging. It's good for a 928 OPS. The OPS plus is 157. So wow, yeah, one of the one of the better hitters in baseball. He's an all-star if he only had to face uh I mean this season. He we know he's an all-star in general. He's an all-star in our hearts, but for this particular season, he's definitely making the all-star team uh if he's hitting like that the entire season. However, 
against left-handed pitching from the right side of the plate, it's less at bats. Uh, it's you know almost half as many at bats. Uh, 100. 147 plate appearances against right-handed pitching, only 68 against left-handed pitching. So smaller sample size, but he's hitting 161 with a 221 on base and a 339 slugging. It's only a 559 OPS. He has hit a couple of home runs from the right side of the plate, two home runs, uh, five doubles. So he has had a few extra base hits. Uh, doesn't necessarily strike out any more or less. Uh, so that's not really the problem. Uh, but it's a 48 OPS plus. So set against the rest of the league, only a 48 OPS plus. Where league, remember, any of these plus stats, league average is set to 100. So yeah, it's a big difference as a left-handed batter versus a right-handed batter. Uh, hitting a little better on the road, although I feel like the whole team is, right? Uh, it's a 754 OPS at home versus an 872 on the road. Uh, with, uh, runners in scoring position, um, he is hitting really well this season, a 304 batting average with runners in scoring position. And it happens a lot. He's at 64 plate appearances with runners in scoring position, uh, 304 batting average, 438 on base, 565 slugging. It's a 1003 OPS, 1.003 OPS. OPS plus a 167 OPS plus 67% better than league average uh, with runners in scoring position. That's why he's our guy. That's why he's hitting third Um, with uh, late and close games. These are some of the clutch stats here with two outs and runners in scoring position. The batting average isn't that high, but the it hasn't happened too often. Uh, but the OPS is still 976 with two outs and runners in scoring position. Uh, late and remember, uh, these stats, baseball reference doesn't update very quickly, so these stats probably don't include yesterday's game. Late and close games, uh, you know, however, baseball reference defines late and close games. He's a 417 batting average with a 1238 OPS split against the relative to the rest of the league OPS plus. He's a 257 OPS plus in late and close games, according to baseball reference. That is just impressive. Uh, it's interesting. When they're ahead, when the team is ahead, he's only a 204 hitter. When the team is behind, he's a 320 hitter. So that's fascinating. Um, and then the leverage situations. In low leverage situations, he's only hitting 238 with a 706 OPS. In medium leverage, he's only hitting 226 with a 608 OPS. In high leverage situations, remember this is about how much the win probability line can change. That's what creates a high leverage situation. So obviously, coming up with two outs in the ninth inning and you know two runners on, you have a chance to make a significant impact in the win probability line there. And uh, he's a 400 hitter in high leverage situations this season. 482 on base, 778 slugging, a 1259 OPS in high leverage situations. OPS plus in high leverage situations, it's a 228 OPS plus. 128% better than league average in high leverage situations. So uh, that is uh, fascinating stuff. And it's no surprise he's hammering relief pitching against starters. He's a 258 batting average, 745 OPS, a 99 OPS plus. So 
kind of average against starters. He does get a little bit stronger uh, the second and third time that he faces them. Uh, but against relief pitching, he's a 302 hitter with a 923 OPS. He's a 161 OPS plus. So not surprising in those late game situations, uh, in those high leverage situations against relief pitching. He's been shining this season. He's been having a really good season against those relievers. Uh, and then finally, just, you know, he gets the big hit in the ninth inning here. Again, numbers probably not updated from yesterday, but uh, he he struggles in the seventh inning. He's only a 182 hitter in the seventh. But if he comes up in the eighth inning, he's a 385 hitter with a one with an 1159 OPS. And even in the ninth inning, he's still a 294 hitter. Not as much slugging. He does much more of his slugging damage in the eighth. Uh, he does have a couple of doubles now in the ninth inning. Uh, but he's a got a 745 OPS plus. Uh, just because the slugging numbers are much... In the eighth inning, he's got two doubles, two triples, and a home run in the eighth inning. So that has been his sweet spot. Uh, he's a 221 OPS plus in that eighth inning. He's a 120 OPS plus in the ninth inning. Extra innings, he's only had six plate appearances. So, uh, But he is a 500 hitter uh, in, in extra innings uh, with, with a single. So... Uh, it, in fact, okay, he's had six plate appearances in extra innings. He's uh, been walked four times, intentionally walked four times in extra innings. So they do not pitch to him in extra innings. Uh, so a little bit of an outlier there. I don't think we can take those numbers too seriously because they won't pitch to him in extras. But there you go. There are some of Jose Ramirez's splits this season. Yeah, you can see he's been very clutch still, uh, even though it's it's – you know, the batting average, you know, total on the season for Jose Ramirez, uh, you know, it's not his best season ever. Uh, he's at a 1.3 war, according to baseball reference right now. Um, he's, uh, let's see, he's got 273 batting average, only six home runs. It's an 809 OPS. It's a 127 OPS plus this season. So he, he's been good, but, you know, not his best season of all time. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, uh, but the clutch stats are still there. That's what's important. The clutch numbers are still there for Jose Ramirez. So, uh, yeah, in that all-star season, the last two years he's been an all-star, um, the OPS plus was 142 and 148. He's only at 127 right now. So, uh, and in that 2020 season, he was at a 167 OPS plus. So, you know, split relative to the rest of the league. He, he might not be having his best season, but he's still been very, very clutch for us. And uh, is still, you know, obviously still the star of our team. So there's a little bit of a deep dive on Jose Ramirez. Again, like I said, th- when you ask me to deep dive Jose Ramirez, that can go a lot of different ways. But uh, that's what we got for you on this baseball morning. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this baseball morning, especially with a quick turnaround. Before we, uh, I'm, I'm assuming the team hopped on a flight last night. You know, it's weird on a holiday, uh, you know, one of our Monday holidays here, Memorial Day, to have to travel to another city and start a new series. A lot of time they set these things up as four-game series so you could face the same team through the holiday weekend. But now we got to jump down to Baltimore, and it's a quick turnaround. It's a 105 start. So if you took the time this morning to listen to this and squeeze it in before the Orioles series starts, 
Uh, I appreciate it. And if you waited and you just doubled up on episodes on your drive to work Tuesday morning, hey, I appreciate you too. So thanks for listening on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final. We win the series. Two games to one over the Cardinals. At least we got that going for us. Uh, the final, Guardians 4, the Cardinals 3. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on Jose Ramirez. We'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.